and welcome to yet another episode of the Back to the TARDIS podcast, the podcast where we take a look at every single episode of the 2005 revival of BBC's Doctor Who. I'm Jeff. I'm Skylar. And I am a mystery. I don't know. (laughs) And this week we are discussing Series 7, Episode 2, Dinosaurs on a Spaceship by Chris Chibnall. Uh, It's a Chris Chibnall episode. It'd probably be on, like, the better side of, like, Chris Chibnall when you compare it to, like, where the show is currently at. But it's a Chris Chibnall episode. So tell my thoughts on it. You know, I I think some of the earlier, some of the earlier Chibnall episodes, they feel, um they feel more in tune with like rtd and stuff or like whoever the showrunner is i think this is the first yeah. chibnall episode where i or like thinking about it i'm like okay this is very much a chibnall episode yeah yeah i think true. i've discovered that chibnall excels at making an episode of doctor who where you look at it and go yeah that is an episode of doctor who <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, I don't know, there's not very much to say about this episode specifically yeah. because it is such a Chibnall episode that, like, it was I will 45 say, minutes of television that I watched. Yeah. I will say, though, the writing was nothing special. I think what what in some ways separates this from some of, like, the more recent Chibnall output is I feel like the actors that they got in are really pulling their weight. Like, Rory's dad is wonderful. Um, and I th- like I think, like, regardless of what my, like, ep- opinions on this episode are, I think Rory's dad is a great character. Even though I wish this arc was done last season and not here, but we've already discussed that. Um... I think David Bradley as this, like, evil shitbag, uh, like, black market person is good. Very well played. Um, and I think the supporting cast, as forgettable as they are, are also kind of fun and funky. Even if, like, the episode opens and it's like, oh boy, yep, the, we're at peak Moffat horny, everyone. I think Chibnall did a better job of doing well I don't I don't want to say better but like less aggravating. He did the moffatisms but like less cringe than like last episode for example. Yeah. Um I found them tolerable here and it was weird seeing a Chibnall episode with not only like basically a full Tardis team, the Pawns yeah. and um Rory's dad as well as like basically a trio of villains if you count the robots plus yeah. additional side characters and all of them are decently like not... yeah they're all right i think they're a lot better than where we like ironically for an episode that is five minutes longer than Chi- five minutes shorter than chibnall episodes i think it balances the characters that it has better than most chibnall episodes yeah exactly I mean, like... which was so That's... weird <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is some definite quality to this episode, just in terms of, yeah, it, like, because you have about, like, three related but separate plots going on, and it actually, yeah. like, manages them decently well. Like, I, I don't think any of them really overpowered the other, and I feel 
all of them got as much time as they needed, which is not that much. Um, yeah. But I think it came out okay. Like, I think... The thing is, this is a very just meh episode that could have yeah. been a lot worse, and there is some recognition in it actually coming out meh instead of far worse, but it's still just kind of eh. Yeah, and it's it's like, I kind of feel like, on the one hand, like, yeah, it's kind of meh, and I feel like it's kind of, it, like, it sucks that, like, when I think of this half of series seven, this is really this and a town called Mercy are really all that I can come up with for like highlights. And I guess maybe the first 40 minutes of Angels Take Manhattan. But also like I still think despite its uh amazing mediocrity, that it is still in so I and I don't know what it is. I maybe some of it is the acting or like the little bit snappier of the dialogue or just the faster pace of it that still makes it feel like it's better than most Chibnall like like episodes when he's showrunner. Like is it just me or does the 50 minute thing kind of make you feel like sometimes that like it like it feels like it is staying like too slow paced and doesn't have like the snappiness that it needs but it also doesn't take enough time to do like a full two-parter thing so it's like even more of the the worst of both worlds i can see that yeah and i also think with i don't know if it's like damning with faint praise but like Chibnall kind of does his best work when he's working in other people's sandbox because, um, you know, Rory and Amy are already characterized, of course. I do give him credit, like, minor credit for Rydell and Nefertiti, although they're not obviously as dimensional as, like, the pawns. But, like, that just seems where he's most comfortable. Like, 42 is decent in that manner. Yeah. Um, The the Silurian two-parter in Series 5 is decent in that manner and yeah i don't know and that that's that's not a bad place to be like if if chibnall just had spent the rest of his doctor who career being like a character slash sci-fi concept writer that jumped in every few years to do like a fun semi-meaningful romp like cool Uh you know he found his niche but clearly (laughs) Clearly, we're in a much different reality than that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah, so it, it, it's it's kind of just like, yeah, it just like it just works. And I actually think I feel like if this had been a series six midseason filler episode and tied into more of the arc that I mentioned that was kind of like what I wanted from Amy and Rory in series six. I feel like I would, this would have been like, oh yes, this is a great episode furthering the arc because there's some good shit here of how like he just kind of swoops down and picks them up and doesn't even notice that he's like grabbed their parents, his like Rory's dad too, because it's like, eh, it's fine. You know, it's, it's, it's not a problem. It's fine. Uh, even though, like, it could very well not be. 
And I feel like it could tie in very well with the overall arc where we eventually get to, where at the end of series six, he's like, no, this is, I, I'm going to get you killed. Get the fuck out. But instead it's placed here after that point. So it just kind of feels redundant. Yeah, they do a, it's a mediocre job of addressing like, oh, it's been 10 months. This is our new arrangement. Um, you know, I can't stay anywhere because I'm always, you know, I'm always being, like, held back. She doesn't say this, but, like, I'm always being yeah. held back by the idea of you coming to visit. And it's, yeah. like, it's good stuff, but it's kind of, there's, there's too little of it. There's, like, maybe two and a half scenes dedicated yeah. to it. So, yeah, like, yeah. again, not Chibnall's fault. Like, he inserts that, and maybe that was, like, a Moffat request, too. We have no yeah. fucking idea of telling, but it's just, like, this could be so good and the idea i'll tell you what if if there was like a reoccurring thing of like the doctor is trying to get other companions he's going through like time and space and we see more people like nefertiti and rydell but like he it's like an addiction or like a comfort that he like always goes back to the ponds like that could at yeah. least be something but yeah yeah that's clearly not the angle like they they pay lip service to it and, uh, yeah, that's, again, it's, it's very mid yeah. and I'll, See, I'll give now, credit I'm... to Chibnall for at least, you know, not ignoring it yeah. completely for the Plus, sake of the Plus, you know, own there's adventure. more character there than any of his fucking companions have had. Yeah, as I said, playing in other people's sandboxes, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, um. I, I rest my case. I... I, I am once again thinking about how to fix the Amy and Rory arc. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's the been club. the consistent that has been the consistent theme of the past like two fucking months of this show has been. Yeah. Hey, there's some really good potential in this arc, and very little of it is realized. I think one of the big things, okay, because we were talking before about how to fix it, and, and I'm realizing now that some of this, like, early season seven stuff is good if it had happened in season six. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was my that was my thesis statement that I put out yeah, in yeah, the God but, Complex and the Girl Who Waited is that this would have been amazing if you took out some of the episodes that didn't matter or maybe even reworked the entire River Song arc entirely and just put this in instead. I feel like it is more compelling than the River Song Silence arc that we got. Because yeah, what it, it, it feels much more personal. What I was going to say specifically is I think they should have had um, Girl Who Waited like near the beginning of season six. And then you have her get that moment of doubt and they shift to sort of the like part-time companion instead of full-time. And then you get episodes yeah. like this where he keeps accidentally dropping in and you're getting like, as you said, sort of the, the trial companions. And then God Complex at the end is the one that really like seals the deal. And then yeah. you have Clara at the beginning of this arc instead. And that would have been a way better setup than like, it feels like the middle of the arc is after the end. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I feel like where it ends in the Angels Take Manhattan, even though it is a final ending, which is what I feel I think Karen Gillan said she wanted, even though it is a ending with finality, 
the finality that it pulls out is contrived and overall it is a less satisfy it is a less effectively written and satisfying ending than the one that was given to them at the end of series 6 true so oh well yeah. at For... least Brian's great <laughs> amen for what it is, like, if I just take this, again, as, like, a sci-fi romp, it has, like, yeah, it kind of has a gimmick concept. You literally get the whole, it's dinosaurs on a spaceship, yeah. roll credits thing. But, like, it's fun. The CGI is, like, okay, and they use practical yeah. shit when they need to. Dude, when um, the fucking pterodactyls bear down on the fucking beach, I'm like, ah, I see they've still saved that model from Torchwood. <laughs> true um but yeah it's you know what surprised me it's like for as much as there's like lib elements in in this episode the whole like pretty much condemnation of like reducing everything to like how you value something just by like what it's worth on a market and like what it can yeah. get you materially like that's some good shit i was genuinely yeah. like it surprises me whenever Chibnall yeah. pulls out something like that. Um, yeah. So that well, was I mean, like... Chibnall also wrote Adrift, but look at where we are now. <laughs> yeah, I have to wonder if that's like... Again, it's just mindless speculation about like, you know, maybe the BBC is saying like, okay, you know, cool it with X or Y because it's just yeah. like for 42 kind of has an anti like consumerist slash just like yeah. resource mining message <clears throat> yeah and then same with the silurian two-parter so it's just like what what the fuck happened <laughs> like yeah yeah like are we gonna get like five years after chibnall left the show are we gonna get an interview where he's like yeah i mean i think the timeless children was solely on him but for shit like her blam or whatever he's gonna be like yeah, the fucking head honchos at the BBC were being fucking jackasses. Well, to I, be I fair, be... he didn't write that one, but it probably did yeah, have to go he, through him yes, regardless. it had to go through him. We know that this is how show running on that show works. Um, just, I, I'm now very amused by this concept I've created that <laughs> Doctor Who showrunners have an allotted amount of politics points and he used up all of them <laughs> having a woman. <laughs> And so you're just not allowed to do anything anymore. <laughs> it's a, yeah, interesting mental image. That, no, that's that's why it takes so long between series as he was trying to grind up more, but it was just never yeah. enough. The level curve is fucking atrocious. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's God. like old FF14 1.0 leveling. Anyways, um little bit annoyed at the ending where like Queen Nefertiti uh goes with like the shithead. Like I, I okay, I guess. Yeah. I mean I I, mean, I, I like I, guess, I like do you the think that dude's do you think that dude's actually secretly into femdom? Is that what do you guys think on this? Uh, oh, all reactionaries are, most definitely. Um <laughs> But I like the development. I just think it's for the wrong reason because she was just like, I owe you a debt. And then she's just like, well, I do it of my own free will. It's like, if there had been a bit more of the idea of, like, defending the defenseless, if there was some critique of monarchy yeah. that it's just, like, she's not just this powerful, like, Yas queen 
girl boss, but yeah, she's realizing... Also, just... I, I mean, I guess they kind of do some stuff with, like, hey, this dude's a bigoted Victorian. Victorians were really shitty. Yeah. Or that, I guess that's what I mean that it's... I don't know. That's what I mean in that it's, like... Yeah, that. <laughs> it's, like, it's weirdly left in some places, but lib in others, like... Yeah. The whole, like, just letting the monarchy thing go, or the guy who's like there's a critique of like oh you hunt defenseless animals and that makes you a man but at the end he's doing the same shit anyways just with like yeah. a stun gun instead i don't fucking know so it's like yeah again chibnall chibnall hitting the mark in some places you know certainly fucking better than he does in his own era but still missing it in some it felt like a an idealized encapsulation of what would be to come but again, yeah. for like a one-off episode, it's fine. I wouldn't yeah, quote-unquote yeah. cancel this episode. It's not a fucking Ansem Seeker of Darkness trash. Oh yeah, we'll be getting there. We'll, yeah, we'll be getting there when we get to season eight. Like, I honestly, I think the thing with like this is it's like, no, it's not as good as some as what we'd like categorize RTD filler as because like, even RTD filler was actually pretty baller most of the time, but the show cannot keep that level of quality forever. And where, like, the level of quality that this was at was, it's fine. Mm -hmm. It works. Yeah, much better use of characters, not just in characterization, but in terms of, like, plot relevance, which I, which I forget when I think back of this episode, but, like, Rory's dad has a purpose with flying the ship. Queen yeah. Nefertiti arguably has the least purpose, but she still has one. And then Rydell, like, helps at the very end. So it's just, like, mechanically, all the spots are there for, like, a tight story. It's just, like, the baggage, again, of the Moffat era, of the Smith-Moffat era in specific, yeah. just kind of, like, takes away from it, as well as... I don't know, probably some of Chibnall's uh, lib inclinations. Again, if we're assuming that the BBC hasn't forced him into using a political allocation point system. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's fine. It's mid-tier. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm God, sorry, I but I... Go, I, I just want to go down this because I just had an a really funny mental image, which is actually the reason why the show has been so lib is because if he uses up too many of the the political points, then the BBC makes him do a was gonna make him do a favorable historical on Margaret Thatcher, and even <laughs> he realizes like, no, this is a bad idea, dude. I I, I started imagining the um the drill, uh, please help my family is starving candles three thousand dollars tweet. Um, yeah. <laughs> but when it's like politics point women th like 39,000 points yeah yeah god I feel I'm, I'm really glad that we are escaping the 13 and Chibnall era without them trying to pull some like Margaret Thatcher was a girl boss unironically shit <coughs> Like, I'm really glad, because it felt like we were kind of going there. So, now, do we want to you know talk what? about... Actually, <laughs> I recant that statement, because we still have a season and three specials. Well... There's still time for them to pull that shit out when I least expect it.
from the trailer footage, from the meager trailer footage we've seen, I don't know how the hell they'd fit that in, but who the fuck knows? We haven't knows? seen any of the specials. <laughs> maybe, maybe the special is just an hour and a half of like maybe like the regeneration special is just an hour and a half of fucking margaret thatcher and 13 sweet talking each other no what what happens is that at the special there'll be a moment like an end of time where david tennant is revisiting all his companions except for 13 margaret thatcher for 13 it's just like girl boss women and it ends with jk rowling I shouldn't be allowed on the internet. Um, I I don't know if this is intentional or not. Getting getting back on on task, even though this is a much more fun discussion. Um, I don't mind the fact that the doctor was just like, okay, you like genocided Silurians, and we're going to sell off these precious things. Here's some missiles. I'm not going to directly kill you, but I'm fine with like indirectly causing your demise. It felt yeah. very 13, but, like, in a yeah, way yeah, that I'm I like, felt like... hang on a second. Like, I'm like, hang on, did he just kill this dude? Yeah, except this time it felt like... I don't know if I'd use the term, like, justified, but I could see it in Eleven's character. Again, Chibnall, better at playing in other people's sandboxes. Uh, take a drink. But, yeah, it was just a moment where I was like, well, this isn't... This isn't 13 selling out a POC master to the Nazis. That's yeah. like that's like the S tier of what the fuck. This it's is like, like whoo, whoo, This is like in the understandable whoo. category. It's like okay, you're yeah. a capitalist um like under like you're you're a mega intergalactic capitalist. Yeah, yeah. and you genocided someone. So even though he frames it as piracy and not capitalism, like fuck it, I'll take it at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. Do 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 do. Um. Yeah. We struggling oh, to think oh, of hello. anything else. Hello, guys, 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 guys. Just breaking, breaking on my Twitter timeline. BBC America has released a promotional summary of Doctor Who series thirteen. You guys, you you want me to read this on the air? Let's f fuck it. We'll do it live. She's back. The 13th Doctor is returning for the 13th series in what is set to be a six-part event serial. Since their last epic battle in Revolution of the Daleks, the Doctor and Yaz have been exploring the universe together. But with the Doctor now questioning everything about her past, there she will be undoubtedly be searching for answers. This adrenaline-fueled universe-spanning series will also see an addition to the TARDIS with actor and comedian John Bishop. Joining the cast is Dan Lewis, who will quickly learn there's more to the universe than he could ever believe. Jacob Anderson is also set to make his debut on Doctor Who as a reoccurring character Vinder. Jacob's new role will see him join forces with the Doctor, Yaz, and Dan as the Doctor faces her biggest ever adventure. Series 13 is set to introduce some terrifying new adversaries in the return of truly iconic old enemies. Expect action, fun scares, extraordinary new worlds as the Doctor and her friends convent a deadly evil. They're doubling down on it. They are doubling the fuck down. On so, what? Having a six-part special? On Timeless... No, on Timeless Child. Oh, right, so, yeah. As as weird as this may sound, 
I'd pre first of all, I prefer that to dropping it off because I honestly honestly like, would... I think it would be really funny if they just never talked about it again. But but here's <laughs> the thing: I think it would be hilarious. It would, but I also like I I kind of want to fucking see where this goes, and like I respect Chibdol enough to be like okay. This might be my train wreck, even if he doesn't think of it that way. But, like, this is my train wreck. I'm seeing it into the station before I hand it off. Yeah, true. Because if, because if he just left right now, and the next guy decided to either continue it or drop it, like, then we'd never fucking know. But at least this way, it's just, like, we get the whole vision. We get the entire prequel trilogy from George Lucas. We fucking know <laughs> yeah. what's up. So... I don't know. I'll, I'm I'm in for the ride, maybe with a bottle of wine each week, um, but I'm there. Um, just a couple notes on the thing. Um, so one, if I remember the trailer correctly, the Weeping Angels are coming back, right? I think so, yes. And the Yeah, so the Weeping Angels, and I find that very funny because I distinctly remember when we were talking about Blanket and joking about how awful a Chimnal Angels episode would be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, beyond that, I don't have that much to comment on it. Like, it's an interesting idea that they're doing something different. Um, I obviously hope it's going to go well, but it might not. <laughs> it probably won't. Yeah. Oh, well. And this has been your edition of Back to the TARDIS Weekly Doctor Who News, coming to you every six months when they yeah. decide to fucking tell us something. Yeah. Anyway. Wait, well, we've, only got about... to 20, we, we've only got to 25 minutes, and I feel like we've barely actually talked about the episode. Eh, fuck it. We don't need to talk yeah. about the episode. Yeah, get, yeah fuck it. <laughs> we, we've already about... talked about the theme. And I'll and I'll praise the set design and how they integrated it with the CGI. Those are the two anyway. things. Other than that, it's mid. Yeah. Back to the oh, Who oh, News oh, podcast. Oh, what I was what I was going to say is that when they're on the fucking beach with Brian, and like the pterodactyls come down, I'm like, ah, yes, I see you. You reuse that model from Torchwood. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say that is a clever visual idea of, like, huge hydro engines that is basically, here's a fucking beach and a weather system, and that's our engine. Yeah, that I feels don't very think, Silurian. I don't think that works. I don't think I like it. Also, again, I don't know. what is it with Chibnall and Silurians? Because, like, there's one that just shows up here. Um, Like, yeah, there's one that just shows up here. There's one that just shows up in the fucking Nikola Tesla. Like what? What? Wait, when when does a Silurian show up in the Tesla? Or, episode? No, 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 a sil no. It's not a slur. It's not a Silurian. It's like a Silurian gun shows up. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. Man just loves his lizard ladies. <laughs> he he's kinning. Okay, respect his kins. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. You're getting us canceled. <laughs> Only took us till series seven. Nice. Um. So I I just wanted. So am I remembering correctly? Didn't um. 
Didn't Moffat accidentally spoil one of the reveals for the season about the no, Weeping Angels? No, it was the, the, that, that, that they hadn't confirmed that Weeping Angels were going to be there. And he was like, thanks. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, on Instagram. Was so I think it was like a, yeah. it was an Instagram post that he like later edited it, which I can only assume was like either the BBC or Chibnall uh, being like, a wet hey, blanket. Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> well, and everyone was joking that it's like a perfect emblem of the difference between um, or, or between Chibnall and Moffat's show, show, show in their style when it comes to like spoilers where you have Moffat who would just like tell you everything for months in advance and then Chibnall who wasn't saying anything to the point where Moffat well, and, revealing... not entire not entirely because like like Moffat <clears throat> did have his things that he would be very tight-lipped on and be like, please do not spoil this if it gets leaked. But I feel like he he was a little bit more open than, than the show yeah. has been, yes. Yeah, didn't that interview, like, recently get popular where he was saying, like, we should, we shouldn't, we as creators shouldn't be, like, on high from, like, a mountaintop declaring, like, the yeah. new shit and the new canon. We should be among the audience... Uh, just telling stories and you know basically acting as like like pseudo new age oral tradition where we're just passing on these cool ass sci-fi stories with good themes and shit i'm paraphrasing like yeah. crazy but like that that really like struck a chord with me um we're way off topic now but like yeah. even even shit? as flawed as his approach was and even with like the minimal amount of storytelling here it's just like at least this is a fun episode. At yeah. least it generally makes sense. At least there's a theme. At least there's, like, characters to latch on to that, like, with collaboration from Moffat, Chibnall, like, probably, you know, it's it's a definable thing <laughs> that I like. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> well, anything else? <laughs> How about we do we want to? Do we want to each like briefly say like one thing we liked and one thing we disliked, then do the ratings and then fuck off? Yeah. All right. Okay, I'll go first because I was thinking about this. I like that. The Doctor, I like that this story t technically takes place in, like, in a future Earth, so that's cool, with, like, the Indian Space Agency or whatever. It's just, like, yeah. it's just, like, a neat touch. It doesn't really, like, add anything to the story, but I was just like, hey, way to go, like, yeah. some diversity that's just there, and, like, you, you yeah. did it, folks. And something I don't like, um, I don't know, they did... Sometimes the pacing dragged, and I didn't really get the point of just having Amy with the two pseudo-companions. The yeah. dialogue was often very, like, lib-feminism. It's like, I'm yeah. worth two men. Like, okay, okay, settle down. Yeah, yeah. Like, Karen, Karen Gillan is worth uh -huh. two men, but, like, still. Um, yeah, that that's my thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I liked, I liked the overall pacing. I really like Rory's dad. Uh, I don't really like the, the, 
I don't I feel like I feel like the 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 resolution as I mentioned the resolution with Nefertiti getting with like the the imperialist shithead guy was dumb. <laughs> like dude Bruh. He's got a big gun, Jeff. Oh, is it my turn? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's an episode that was made by Chris Chibnall. It was, it was an episode of Doctor Who, and it rang yeah, for forty-five yeah, minutes. On. Yeah. What were your uh, What were your like likes? It, like like two likes and one dislike before we go to ratings. Oh, all right. Sorry, I missed that bit. Um, I liked I liked Rory's dad. I liked the trowel scene. Um, I would say I generally like how the plot was balanced. I disliked the the two non Rory's dad slash villain side characters, Nefertiti and uh, yeah. British guy. They weren't good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So I guess if I just move on to ratings here. Yeah, it's episode of Doctor Who. Cool. Neat uh, CGI. Uh, B. <laughs> yep, ba basically that. Um, again, take another drink. Chibnall does his best when playing in other people's sandboxes. Um, the chemistry and skill of the actors basically entirely carry this work, and, and some clever use of the set design, um, some good uses of CGI, etc., etc. It's an episode of Doctor Who um, that lets you know right off the bat that it's based off of a gimmick, and it delivers to that gimmick to the best of its ability, and it has like a pretty, you know, shallow surface level theme, but it's a good theme. I don't know. I like it. So me. Um, B. Yeah. I already accidentally gave my thoughts early. It's a 6 out of 10. Alright. Cool. Uh, next time we'll be discussing A Town Called Mercy. Uh, yeah, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at B2TardisPod. Uh, you can support us on Patreon for a number of benefits such as early access to episodes the ability to listen in live to episodes being recorded and potentially even the ability to guest star on an episode of your choosing i'm jeff you can follow me on twitter at wheatley dl i'm skylar and i'm looking for my egyptian mommy dummy so if you'd like to hit me up about that follow me on sky high nine underscore nine underscore five on the twitter.com I'm Apollo, and I don't exist. <laughs> and we will see you all next week.